0: Good early evening to you and yours. Happy Martin Luther King Day. It is Monday, January 16th at 5:04 p.m. Your Purdue Boilermakers have just defeated Michigan State in the Breslin Center uh, and started the season 17 and one. They won 64 to 63, and uh, this is the best start for any Purdue basketball team. The best start in the long history of this program. That's that says something. I'm we'll gonna talk all about the game. Maybe talk a little bit about um, some of the ancillary things to the game or things attached to it. But first, before I do, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank Martin Vintage. Head over to martinvintage.com right now. Well, no, not now. Right, maybe right after this, this post-game wrap. But head over there. Grab a T-shirt, grab a sweatshirt, enter Boiled at checkout. You'll get 15% off, martinvintage.com. And when you're on campus next time, when you're going to watch your Boilermakers Uh, win a game in Mackey Arena, which they usually do. We saw an unusual loss. I saw one in person. But generally, they win. And and good times can be had at Mackey Arena and also, of course, at AJ's on Vine. Before you go there, go over to eatajs.com. Get yourself something delicious because many things are delicious. I've talked about the pretzels. I've talked about the French toast sticks. I've talked about the beef a little bit. I've talked about the burgers. Uh, Get a sandwich. Whatever. Whatever strikes your fancy burgers, beef, beer. That's AJ's, AJ's on Vine. So Purdue wins uh again, well, last time they played Michigan State, they lost a heartbreaker. Time before that, they won one, uh, Travion, Travion Williams had a big one. Would that be I think that would be No, I think I think they've had four straight one possession games versus Michigan State and three of those have gone purdue's way one went to michigan state's way and i think it was walker who had a shot last year i think um today purdue uh really overcame a lot in my opinion this is a big win for a lot of reasons away games in the big ten are brutal There is no question they are brutal. The Big Ten brand of basketball is brutal. And I talked about this weeks ago. I'm going to talk about it again. We saw it again. This grabbing, holding, pushing, tackling brand of basketball that the Big Ten front offices not only approve but clearly suggest as the norm in this conference is ruining the conference and ruining their chances to win in the postseason. And we saw it again today. When Purdue, when you come... Purdue is not a crappy offensive team. So that's part of my thesis, obviously. We watch Purdue play a lot. When Purdue comes into Michigan State, all of a sudden, they can't do anything. They can't run any of their action. And Michigan State plays good defense, don't get me wrong. But they're not just playing within the rules of the game and the constraints of the game. And the game wasn't going Tom Izzo's way early. Purdue was up by 12 points. And Izzo went out and started chewing on the officials and chewing on the officials and chewing on the officials. Going out... Nearly grabbing them, not getting teched up. And at one point, an official nearly apologized to him for it made it look like he was absolutely oh, I'm sorry, boss. That stuff kills me. Okay. And I said it years ago how important it is to work the officials. Tom Izzo could teach the class on this. He's so good at changing the way officials call the game, and we saw it again today. He should have had three technical fouls called on him today. He had zero. Did it matter? Shit, yes, it mattered. It mattered a lot. And that's why this game's so big, because Purdue had to overcome so much. It showed a lot of fight, this Purdue team. They showed a lot of poise. Matt Painter, I think he kind of revels in this type of thing. I think he does. The longer he gets into his career, I think the more he likes hostility. He loves it when a coach is doing this and working the officials. And he loves seeing how his players handle adversity. In fact, you saw a couple times where Michigan State would go on a little bit of a run and Painter would hold on to his timeout because he wanted to see how Purdue would handle it. Heck, Michigan State even was awarded an extra timeout, really, in all actuality, if you look at the way that, the end of that game played out. But a lot of things went Michigan State's way, on this way today, on this day, because of Tom Izzo's mastery of playing Big Ten officials like puppets. He's so good at it. He's so good at it. And yes, it does matter. And yes, it's part of the game. And no, Matt Painter doesn't seem to do it. Is it good that Painter doesn't do it? I don't think so. I wish he would. I wish he would learn, but he doesn't. And it doesn't seem to help Purdue, and that's okay. Purdue just outplayed Michigan State and the crappy officiating. That's a good win. And the reason it's such a good win, Michigan State decided to handle things a little bit differently against Purdue. They decided to go straight up against Edie. They threw um, Sissoku. uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. He's a pretty good player. And then three goons. At And we've seen this tactic before by Izzo. This is what he does. Purdue has a very good big center. They'll just throw bodies at it. And generally, they do it to get fouls. But today, the officials didn't want to blow the whistle. So instead, Sissoku, he got in foul trouble. And these other guys are just out there just trying to body do whatever they can. Instead, Edie just went crazy. Edie finishes, I think, with 32.17 rebounds. I'm going to look at the stats in depth here in a second. But Edie was absolutely huge. When Purdue needed a bucket, they could get it from Zach. Also, Fletch Lawyer. Uh, Michigan State's jackass fans, their students can say uh, the, the other lawyer is better, and they're very wrong. Fletch Lawyer is very good. Uh, Fletch Lawyer showed how good he is. He showed he's not a freshman already. Guys, by the end of the season, by middle of the season, start growing up. Lawyer has grown up right before our eyes. He plays very poised. In fact, of the last 11 Purdue points, Lawyer was involved in all of them in some way, either an assist or scoring himself. I think B. Dowd tells, a little about Boiler Dowd tells me that he had eight straight points before an assist. Nine straight points before an assist. And it was a mix of um, free throws, which he hit all of his free throws, yeah, which is super clutch in that, that atmosphere. That is a tough place to play. And he made big buckets. And I think, I'm, I think, The Michigan State Student Section's uh, ire that they threw at lawyer completely backfired because he didn't wake up and he didn't start playing that way until they really started chanting that brother thing to him. What's his brother's name? Foster. Foster. Foster's better. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I love this type of logic. Foster's better. We ran him out of town. So we're going to cheer for him now. Good take, clowns. Anyway, people ask, do I dislike Michigan State more than IU? Yes, I do. And the reason I dislike Michigan State more than IU is because they fostered a serial rapist, and they didn't do anything about it. And yes, is that a bigger deal than sports? Yes, it is. And was it cleaned out? No, it wasn't. Michigan State has had multiple legal problems in their athletic department. Some of them have been around the basketball team. Some have been around the football team. And I disdain that stuff. So, I dislike IU, but IU, the dislike IU generally comes from on court stuff and difference in cultures and we're fine there. But when you're ruining people's lives, that's a next level type thing. Penn State, Michigan State, special place in hell for the for the behavior of those people. All right, talk about things a little lighter now. Basketball, I'll come back to it. But anyway, yes, I'm passionate when Purdue beats Michigan State. Yes, this one matters to me. I'm glad it matters to Purdue. I'm sure it doesn't matter to the players that much. I'm sure they don't see Izzo for as uh, anything more than a, a sideshow, the Purdue players. Izzo looks like an old man now. Uh, he acts like an old man now. And he still has a mastery over these these officials, though. Goodness, he's a good coach. The team uh, is not what they used to be, though. And Purdue has taken that spot. To me, it's like, you know, nature loves a vacuum. Purdue's filled that vacuum. Hopefully Matt Painter does some of the things that made Tom Izzo uh, famous, meaning get to a Final Four or two. Boy, it feels like this team can do it, and they are so darn poised. But again, let's let's talk about one more thing real quick. That that 17-1 start is such a big deal to me because there have been a lot of great Purdue basketball teams, and this is the best one yet, according to record. Is this the greatest um, schedule that Purdue's basketball team's ever had? I mean, the most, no. In fact, a lot of Purdue's wins, you got to take them with a little bit of a grain of salt, like Duke, which is now an unranked team, um, which is shocking. But, um, Bruins played some teams, and they've they've taken the the battle to those teams. They've they've been able to take um, the slings and arrows, if you will. And mentally, they are a very tough team. Today, the thing that the tough headwinds they hit was Smith getting in foul trouble very early. I think he had three fouls in the first half. He was kind of hampered by the fourth foul. He couldn't stay in front of Walker. Walker was the opposite of Lawyer. If there's balance here, Walker played so darn well. So darn well. Um, And uh, he missed the one shot at the end. Finally, I think he had hit like five straight on his own. Nobody else was scoring but Walker. And he hit, uh, well, he, he almost won the game for him. But Zach Eady getting the ball deep in the blocks late in the game was too much. For Versusoku to stop. I oh gosh, I should stop trying to pronounce it. Um, it was the scenario Purdue really wanted, though. Uh, having Edie have the ball deep in the uh, in the post—that's tough to stop for anybody. It's tough to stop for double teams. It's surely tough to stop for one man. So let's look a little bit at the stats. Um, Purdue wins 64 to 63. Of course, I said Zach Edie leads the way, 32.17 boards, uh, a pair of blocks. And uh, really interesting thing, the most interesting thing to me, zero fouls. He's so controlled. He's so difficult to guard. And um, he's nearly impossible to match up with for most of the Big Ten. Uh, Purdue will see, I'd say, two guys all season to really play with him. One of them at Rutgers, the other one at Michigan. Um, And uh, let's see, let's keep going. Uh, Flitz Lawyer, 17 points, four assists, a pair of rebounds. And he was in a little bit of foul trouble, too. He had three fouls, I think, with like 10 minutes left in the second half. Looked like it could have become a problem. Uh, Purdue was having a hard time, really, staying in front of Walker. Smith couldn't do it. I think they put Lawyer on him. Uh, At the end of the game, you had Morton. Morton was struggling a little bit. Um, And I wanted to see Newman uh, on him. Newman had a huge play. He knocked the ball away uh, with 1.7 seconds left. 1.5 1.5 seconds. They, of course, got the benefit of the doubt. Got 1.8 seconds on their side of the court to, with a chance to score. And um, a high moving screen pushed Morton and Walker too high. He hit it, He uh, shot and missed a, an air ball. Very, very high trajectory shot. So uh, on top of that, Caleb first played a pretty solid game. He had eight points and um, he had six rebounds. couple interesting subplots here if you look at the stats. One very interesting one is Purdue got out-rebounded this game. That hasn't happened this season. Um, that's really unusual. Purdue is the best rebounding team in America, I believe, statistically. Um, Purdue, though, one thing they did the ball, shared the ball well, and that was just because they're dumping it into Edie so many times. Uh, 17 assists for Purdue. A big stat always for me especially on the road, when a game's close, free throw shooting's going to matter. And I just talked about Fletch Lawyer's free throw shooting was a big deal. Look at him specifically. He was 5-for-5 from the stripe. Zach Eady 6-for-7 from the stripe. And Purdue as a team, 89%. 89%. 16-for-18 from the free throw line. That's it. That's the thing that puts Purdue over the top. Generally, there are some things that make Purdue great. One of them is they're a better free-throw shooting team than we've seen in the past years, and part of that's because Edie's such a good free-throw shooter. If you want to compare and contrast him with other bigs that have been at Purdue, uh, Haas wasn't this type of free-throw shooter. Harms wasn't this type of free-throw shooter. Edie is this year specifically better than last year. He's very very good free throw shooter, um, and generally I lived I gotta look that up his his season stats on his percentage. But he makes them when he gets the opportunity. Lawyer made his, um, and then on top of that, uh, Purdue went four for ten from three. They did not shoot a lot of three pointers, obviously, um, and the big deal of course is. Lawyer again, going two for three. Uh, Mason Gillis. So, so if I'm going to give an uh, unsung hero award to a couple guys, um, I'm probably going to give one out to Mason Gillis because he made a couple key plays. Um, he had one three-pointer. He was only one for one. He wasn't given a lot of opportunity to play. But when he played, he had a couple plays where he, he had a steal um, where he was falling out of bounds and he threw the ball back in. I can't remember exactly who it was, too. But he's falling out of bounds. Michigan State made an errant pass. He got in the passing lane, grabbed it, falling out of bounds, saved it. I think he got it over to, I want to say Edie, but I'm not positive about that. Uh, another guy that I would give an unsung hero award to was Brandon Newman. Again, these two guys, you know I love both these guys, um, but they came up huge. Uh, Purdue needs more production from guys on the outside hitting their hitting their perimeter shots. I've said this before; it's a kind of a recurring theme. But really, you really need one or two guys to shoot the ball well, uh, shoot effectively. Caleb first had a dagger that was a huge three. It was his only three point attempt in the closing minutes. It uh, cut Michigan State's lead from four to one. That was a massive play. Um, and I think again, I think that was Lawyer's uh, Lawyer's assist if I'm thinking correctly. Very, very, very big game by Fletch Lawyer. An incredible second half. And Edie's stats, of course, they're going to get everybody's attention. 32-17, and 17, that's player of the year type stuff, especially on the road in a hostile environment, national TV, all that good stuff. But the guy to me that made the thing go again, Fletch Lawyer, incredible. Um, if you want to be critical of something, I think you'd say, well, Braden Smith kind of played like he did versus Rutgers in the season where Purdue lost that game. Uh, that was also one that was back and forth. Could have gone either way. Uh, he struggled in that game with Rutgers' length. I don't think Michigan State up top has the length. In fact, I'm positive they don't have the length that Rutgers does. And really, Smith was just taken out of his game very early with foul trouble. So it's kind of tough to say if the game would have gone differently. But he only finished with four points, but he did have six assists. That's a pretty good performance. The uh, At least he's uh, distributing the ball well. So, uh like I said, Purdue wins sixty four sixty three. A lot of people on here. Thanks for tuning in to everybody. Uh, I'm going to go through the comments here real quickly. Uh, Sam uh, Lovejoy says, yes, finally made it live. Congrats. You're here. The big, beautiful stage of my home office. Um, let's see. Chris Harder says, house money. Exactly. I mean, you win, you win a game like this, you win a game where any Big Ten road game is, is tough. A game versus Michigan State, is really, really tough. And this is a big one because Purdue keeps a stranglehold on the um, on the conference race. Uh, there is another team with just two losses at Michigan, maybe. Uh, but Michigan State drops down a rung. Uh, I think four losses wins the conference for you, which is a pretty normal number, I think, in the Big Ten race. And um, Purdue is in the catbird seat. They're doing really, really well. Uh, Todd Schleister says... Uh, beating MSU is, uh, is 99% as sweet as beating IU. For me, it, it's it, it's more. Um, and the other thing, so let's let's move. I'm not going to talk about the serious stuff again, but let's just look at their their student section, MSU student section. Go back. If you like to watch DVR games, go back and watch that one. Uh, the douchiness quotient is high in that uh, MSU student section. I'm sure there's some great kids there. I'm positive. It's a big public school. But... Right there in the front rows, man, those kids are an unlikable sort. Um, and every time, there's a couple things that I thought were funny because there's so much in this, this high-definition world we live in. One, you get to see every time a Michigan State player would get called for a foul, the lack of belief that a whistle was blown. on. Oh, my gosh, like right there, they're falling over themselves. Can't believe that that whistle was made. That's the first thing on the court. And off the court, every time a Michigan State player would hit a jumper, the fans, their students, were just like, oh, oh my gosh, like something had just happened that was a miracle. It's college basketball, number one. I guess it's you could say that it is a miracle for Michigan State to score points based on the way they look offensively. I guess that is, there's some truth there. But the reaction was a bit much for me. And thank God, the paint crew doesn't look that way when they score. In fact, they look hostile, they get crazy, I love it. And you don't see, by the way, a lot of a lot of space in that uh, In the I zone. A lot of space. Because not a lot of students are there. They don't care as much as our paint crew. God bless you guys. Doing the Lord's work. Gatlinburg Bear says, The jump ball call and the undecided call reminded me of the Thomas Bryant, Caleb Swanigan charge block double foul call. This is awesome. Okay. And I like that so much because the way that was officiated was completely botched. Okay. The rule states, if a call is made on the court, you have to have... um, Uh, indisputable evidence to overturn it that's the way every every replay is they called it purdue ball so you have to have indisputable evidence instead of course it wasn't indisputable and it was a close call and they couldn't do it so they couldn't make the call so they went with the possession arrow from what i think you're saying there which is completely the wrong way to call that you say it's not indisputable the call stands that's it that's it you don't need to get the, the possession arrow involved. And what they did, in effect, it didn't come into play, is they took a Purdue possession away, potential possession. At the end, teams like to lock teams up. Michigan State is famous for that, right? Guy picks up his dribble, you go in there, you lock it up, jump ball, it would have have Michigan State's ball. And uh, that was really poorly officiated, but what do we expect? What do I ever expect? Why do I expect anything good? <laughs> Why do I expect it? And I don't. But I'm still gobsmacked when it happens, the way they, they drop the ball. Uh, Boilerman63, in terms of wins, Painter v. Izzo is the modern-day KDV Knight. This is a good statement. It's a good statement. Modern-day KDV Knight. There's a lot of passion there. Two coaches that win a lot of games. Two uh, The two um, deans of the conference and coaching. Very, very good. Very good. And I think both student sec- sections take these games pretty darn seriously, too. So that's good. Um uh, perfect on the road. This is a big point. Perfect on the road. Nebraska, OSU, Penn State, Michigan State is incredibly incredibly valued. Chris Curtis says that. It's an awesome point. It's a heady point. Um, it's a big deal if you're trying to win a conference championship like me, like you. We've got bigger championships on the horizon, but to me, to get the, I am, I've been talking about this for two years now, right? Get that low seed. Get that one or two seed. It changes everything. Because we've seen how difficult it is in coming a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. You're going to play teams around early that are just absolute mothers that are national championship contenders. It's case in point, Tennessee, right? Purdue had to play Tennessee, which was really a tough game. I say, till this day, I'll say Purdue should have lost Tennessee, should have won Virginia in Louisville. And um, instead, we don't want to talk about the rest. Um Ancient Astronaut says, love this team's toughness. So easy in those 25 uh, lead changes to lose hope. Um, this team is mentally tough. There's no doubt. They are mentally tough. It's a huge win. Um, let's let's scroll down here a bit. Uh, Jeff S. says, how many bunnies or close ones at the rim did the Boilers miss? This is another good point. Purdue started the second half specifically with two or three missed layups. One of them was Lawyer, and I think one of them was Smith. Those points being left on the floor are a big deal. Edie missed a couple short ones, but you can't can't begrudge him too much because of the way he's getting beaten on every time he gets the ball. Um, but those layups, and both of those were open layups, or at least extremely makeable shots. And they looked like the only reason they were missed was they just weren't Banked off the box in the glass, like super fundamental stuff from two guys that know their fundamental basketball. I'm not on them too much because Purdue won, but that matters. Got to hit your layups. Goodness gracious. Good point. It's a very, very good point. Um, let's see. Sam Lovejoy says, Fletcher Lawyer beat the refs. So I love it. Um, Going to go down here. Chris Beeler said, I think Lawyer took the crowd personally and said, screw that, I'm the better lawyer. <laughs> I think he did too. I think his brother and he will talk probably this night. Especially, uh, maybe they'll, they'll text each other and uh, Foster will maybe admit it. I don't think so. They're pretty funny. I don't know if you've heard them talk about the other one. Um, I think Fletch says he's finally overtaken Foster in one-on-one and his older brother's had him for a long time just because of old man strength. But I think he's got him by, f- I think he's four years older than him. So that, that's a big difference when you're, when you're 18 years old and 22. I think he's four years older. I think the lawyers were there, which is kind of cool. Saw Mrs. Edie was there. She's everywhere. She's semi-retired, I'm told, living in West Lafayette, if not completely tired, taking a, uh, retired, taking a break from work. Uh, she cooks for the team, which is awesome. And uh, the lawyers were there too. They were right in front of her. That was fun to see. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, boilermaker 63 says, LOL, did the other lawyer leave them? Yes, he played for three years in uh east lansing so yep he left them he made the right choice i don't know why he made the first choice so why'd you go there in the first place i don't know what he was ranked out of high school i don't know any of that i just know that he left there um let's see tariq camel says uh man the defense almost cost us when they kept switching ed on the guards yeah there are some unusual switches and more than unusual switches that happens sometimes you get hung out to dry especially when a coach is trying to counter uh, counter punch a switching defense but bigger than that was not the switching it was the the Edie would stay on walker and there was times some of those where i'm like Gang, get back out of there and get, get get a guard on him and um Edie was put in a pretty tough position but i think that's that was smart scheming by izzo uh let's see got a couple other uh yeah Musical Muse says, yeah, I was yelling about the switches all half. Handel Jones, my pal, says, I'm hoping uh, the train will keep working. Uh, I'm hoping the train. Uh. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping Purdue will keep working on the pick-and-roll defense with Edie Smith because it's going to be used against us in March. Yeah, it is. Um, I think Purdue's going to – if you think Purdue's played their best basketball, I know Handel doesn't, not putting those words in his mouth this Purdue team is going to get a lot better still. I have complete faith in that. And that's kind of the difference between this year's team and last year. felt like last year's team was kind of a fully developed product when they came out of the shoot in December. This team just kind of appeared because they, they had molded well together and they figured out that passing into Big Zach was a good thing. Zach started saying, you know what, I belong here in this player of the year talk. But the big thing is this team is going to get better. I just really believe they're going to get better. So we should have a fun fun ride in the next few months. Uh, Zachary Welch says, uh, Huge by Painter not calling the timeout in the last Purdue possession. Every coach calls that. Painter doesn't. Maybe uh, it makes MSU a half second slower on the D. And I love that. I love the fact. This comes back to a couple years ago. Again, I'll talk about that Purdue-Tennessee game when Paint did this. There's this famous gif of him going, it's okay. It's okay. Settle down. I'm going to let you play. And I think at that point, um, you had Eastern at point guard, if I remember correctly. And um, But Ryan Klein was sizzling hot in that game. Um, let's see. Michael Hawk says, oh, no, that's just a question of somebody else. Ava Helvey. Ava Helvey. My pal, not a Purdue fan. Ava is not a Purdue fan. Maybe she'll become one. But Ava Helvey says, how are you doing? I, I'm great. And thank you for tuning in, Ava. Ava. Tag Nabbit, thank you for turning it, Ava. Uh, appreciate it. Um, George Karras says, "Looked like Morton's shots all came off the heel of his shooting hand. Morton was not on. Uh, I think Morton had a miss, missed bunny in the first half. Morton was not on offensively, and a lot of Purdue fans come down on that guy harder than anybody else. Um, I don't even think he had the, his best defensive game either, and that's that's a tough thing when he's not when he's not locked in defensively. Um, he's uh, his." I don't want to say. I'm not going to say get into that. But he did not have his best game. Did not have the best game. Definitely not. Um, let's see. That's about it. And again, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Um, really do appreciate it. If you're live, appreciate it. We had a boy. That's a, that's a, that's a good that's a good crowd. We I think we had 128 plus at one point. So thanks for everybody tuning in live. If you're listening to it on delay, thanks for uh, thanks for making streaming Boiled Sports Podcast Net- Network, part of your post-game ritual, especially after these fun wins. Uh, that is a big win, though, make no mistake. Purdue is 17-1. Purdue has beaten Michigan State 64-63, to and better days are ahead, and that's a crazy thing to think about. Hammer down, my friends. God bless you. We'll see you.